Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, and welcome to episode 40. I want to remind you that I record this in the Hope Mobile, so whatever I'm hearing, you get to hear. So you may hear the pitter-patter of rain in this podcast, or you may hear a little bit of wind. (laughs) So anyway, just letting you know if you're hearing background noises, that's probably what's going on. I do want to start out this time by reading a review for the podcast because I know it's a lot easier to give a podcast a rating and it takes a lot more time to write a review. And so I want to say thank you to BJJ76, so whoever that is. And this person wrote, In this journey, you feel so alone, even though you are surrounded by people. To hear people talk about the same feelings and the same type of grief is comforting. So thank you for writing that review for the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. And I am going to occasionally start a podcast episode by reading a review from Apple or Stitcher or iHeartRadio or whatever app you listen to. And I'm reading that as a way to say thank you for taking the time to write the review. So today is talking to my first guest for the How to Leave Your Child a Legacy series. And I want to go ahead and get started with that interview. So I met our guest today, Patty Small. We were together at an Umbrella Ministries weekend retreat for bereaved moms in Texas. Now, where in Texas were we, Patty? (laughs) We were uh, in Navasota. Okay, Navasota. And we got put in the same cabin. And the group of women that there was just a small group of us, what five of us, I think that like almost instantly connected as soon as we got to the cabin, we all just ended up gathering in the living room and laughing and talking and sharing our hearts and our stories. And it was just a, a wonderful time. As a matter of fact, the last morning, I put you all on the spot and I set up my microphone on the table after breakfast <laughs> before we went to the morning session and just recorded you all talking about the retreat. And it was a lot of fun. That ended up being, uh, just so the listeners know, that was podcast 32. And I titled it, Why Go to a Retreat? Because I think sometimes we're just so scared to be around other people like us. And it turns out to be a really good thing, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Uh, People, because we get it. You know, we've all been through the same thing. And and we can talk freely about our, our children. It's like having a vacation with your your child again. Yes. Yes. So Patty, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Um, yes, my daughter, it's been 12 years. In fact, when I was at the retreat, that was her 12th anniversary on the 25th of November. Yes. Uh, Megan was a senior at Baylor University. She was studying biochemistry. She had dreams of becoming a pharmacist. And it was a Sunday when she uh, was returning back to Baylor University after Thanksgiving break. So it was one of those nice weeks where we had the week off together. We went Christmas shopping. We put up the Christmas decorations. The tree had Thanksgiving together. I remember her that Saturday before she was actually applying 
to pharmacy schools. So she had left that Sunday and uh, I know she was running late. She was uh, returning with her friend, best friend, Laura, who was following her. They lived together and went to school. And uh, it was about six o'clock. I got that dreadful phone call. I, the phone actually rang like three times. I looked at the caller ID. I didn't answer it because I'm like, I didn't know who that was. But right. something told me to answer it that third time. And it was Laura. And she, she sounded so far away. She said, there's been an accident. And the first thing you think is like, okay, where are you? Uh, we'll come get you. Mm-hmm. And the next three words that came out of her mouth, she said, Megan is dead. Of course, I dropped the phone and I mean, total shock, went running to Jacob and Kevin and Kevin got on the phone and he was trying to get some information and I don't know what lady was on the other end, but she kept calling her DOA, the DOA, which irritated Kevin more, but just get in the car and head up there. And we found out that she was killed in a head on collision 10 miles north of Calvert and uh, when we got up there, they wouldn't even let us near the scene. It was so horrific. Mm. If you, you can imagine two cars going 60 miles an hour hitting mm. head on. Yeah. And then we had to drive home and, and it was like the longest drive home because we couldn't do anything. So the, the case went before the grand jury, I think, that following March. And he, it was like a quick no bill, no witnesses, no nothing. You know, he said he couldn't remember anything 45 minutes before the accident. He was, he didn't have a cell phone. He wasn't free drink. I mean, they didn't do any drug testing, Hmm. but the DA kind of said, well, if you want to do anything, you can go civil. So we did because I think any parent would, you know, wanting answers. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, somebody had to be her voice. I mean, something just wasn't right. It was just such a quick, you know, Hmm. shut the door. We're done. Wow. And so Laura, I guess she was having trouble getting her um, money for her expenses as far as her car and medical, you know, and she had to go to the emergency room. So we went ahead and joined up with her lawyer, but we just wanted answers. We just wanted to know what really happened, you know, and many, many times they wanted to drop the case. They said, oh, this was a young college student, squeaky clean, you know, what's your problem? So it was a month later we get a call from the lawyer saying that we need to talk to you immediately. So Kevin met up with the lawyers and they said, you're not going to believe what we just found out. Apparently he had denied having a cell phone, but they found out that he did. They were able to um, get his cell phone records through a warrant. And they found out that 45 minutes before the accident, he had placed seven phone calls and had sent or received 15 text messages. And the last one, which I guess they had the timing of the tower and whatever, was the exact time that he had crossed the center line and killed me. Uh, wow. And we would have never mm. even dreamed that this was the reason why, because I think back in 2007, that was the year that the iPhone came out and people were just learning how to text. And you right. know, I never, it wasn't a big thing like it was dreamed. now. Yeah, I never dreamed that that would have been the reason. Mm. But this is what really hurt us. It wasn't the fact that we found out what really truly happened. I mean, he did lie, but he continued his bad driving behavior by receiving three more violations. I think he got two more speeding tickets and a failure to stop in a school zone since he killed Megan. Wow. So we knew that we had to go forward with the Mm. civil suit because, you know. Protect other people. 
Yes, exactly. Mm. So it wasn't until three years later, because, you know, this happened in 2007. So the, uh, we went to trial in 2010. And, you know, that was a very difficult thing to go through because it's almost like watching your child die mm. all over again. And uh, unanimously, they, you know, found him responsible for the negligence, you know, death mm -hmm. of Megan Small. Mm -hmm. And it became a landmark case, you know, across the state of Texas and across the nation, showing that texting, uh, making people responsible for their actions behind the wheel. Yes. And it ended yes. up being, I think, a $22 million verdict. Of course, we didn't get a dime, but, you know, it's still did change, you know, the mindset of the dangers behind texting, you know, the behind mm -hmm. the wheel and distracted driving. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So sorry. What a story. Wow. That's just in the way it just dragged out. Yes. And I look back because, you know, I did go and join forces with other families that have lost their children mm -hmm. or husbands or wives through distracted driving. Uh, I've been to Austin at least four times. And it wasn't until uh, 2017 that uh, Texas finally passed their first statewide texting ban. Wow. Uh, it has a lot of loopholes, obviously, but it's a start. Um, we're going to try to go for hands-free in 2021, because mm. I think that would be more enforceable. Um, you can see, I mean, you drive in Texas, uh, you see people on their phones all the time. You know? Oh, you do everywhere, even if the yeah. laws are... Everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But it did take till 2017 before we finally passed the law. And I look back and I think, wow, you know, almost what, 10 years before something really happened. But, you know, everything's in God's timing. I know that. He carried me through. Well, it's sad how many, you know, you have no idea how many lives have been lost because it took so long. Absolutely. I mean, to me, Laura, I mean, when you think about it, they do have a lot of statistics now on how many people have been killed or injured, seriously injured through distracted driving. But most people are not going to admit that they were right. on their cell phone. And it's a lot of times it's very difficult to prove. So those numbers are probably much higher than we think. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, you experienced that and, yourself. Well, look, at you know, not case. admitting that that's what happened. Right. Look at Megan's case that we would have never known. And, and, you know, that that actually happened. Uh, it would have went in the books as just an accident, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we have a family so, back in Wisconsin that their granddaughter died that way, but it ended up being a single car crash. And I had someone contact me, a young lady, when that crash happened, who was a really good friend of this young girl she was blaming herself because they had been texting back and forth and then everything went silent and she found out this crash had happened. So she's wondering, you know, was she actually texting me back? And that's how that happened. Well, she's never going to know that. Right. But, oh my goodness. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just have no idea how many lives this really has affected and they say, too, I mean, you have to think about it. When your loved ones are driving, you want them to get to their destinations. And that, that's the last thing you want to do is text right. them. Um, and and we, we don't think, think it's going to happen. We're just really quick and just look down for a second. And, and that's why it's called an accident, because we don't think or plan on it happening. That's what an accident right. is. 
and of course, you know, texting is not the only thing because oh, right. these cell phones are little mini computers. I yes. mean, people are taking pictures while they're driving. They're doing videos, Snapchat, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it too, a lot of the auto industry, they put all these gadgets and things on the dashboard. Yes. Um, you know, they have to take a little responsibility too. You know, um, maybe it's better to go back to the the dials and not all these Mm -hmm. touch screen. And another factor too, that we have to realize is the addiction part of it. You know, I mean, people, Mm -hmm. when they hear that ding or that ping, I mean, it's almost like they have studies where dopamine actually is secreted in the brain and people just want to answer it. They don't Mm -hmm. even think twice, you know? Yeah, so. I, years ago when it was a phone was actually just a phone. <laughs> it was yes. like you, you had, Dave says the, the phone is actually an app on the phone that's hardly ever used. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but back when it was, a phone was a phone. If it rang, it's like, eh, I'll get it if I want to, or I don't feel like exactly. running across the room, or they'll leave a message on the machine. It used to be so different, but now, yeah, right. it's just like, oh, I've got to get that. I've got to get that. I've got to know who it was. I've got to... Like, yeah, that thing, what am I missing? You know, yes, I'm missing Yes, something. fear of missing out. What do they call that? Right. F-O-M-O, right. something like that. Yeah. So, so people are like, well, you know, we need an app to turn it off while we're driving. And I thought, you know, it's just one simple little thing. Just turn it turn off. Turn it off. You know, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. or silence it. I mean, that's so simple, but people just can't do it, you know, for the fear of missing out. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Now, I, so. I did mention, you know, how, how many lives have been lost waiting in, in just in Texas for that law. I mean, that was 10 years from the time Megan died to the time that law was passed. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. And every time I went to Austin, it was just so heartbreaking to hear of another family. Mm-hmm. It just broke my heart because I knew exactly what they were going through. And, and it's just like, a, it's kind of a club that you don't want anybody to join. But, mm-hmm. you know... I've met so many amazing families across the nation. It's believable. Isn't that true? Sad, but true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, before we got on, I asked you a question and you shared, I thought was an awesome story because in this kind of a situation, how can you possibly know when a life has been saved? You can't because it's just not quantifiable that way. But you did share this really awesome story. Um, Can you share that with the listeners right now? Yes, uh, I was at work one day, and we do have summer interns at my at my job, and they usually stay about um, two, two and a half months. And this young gentleman came to me, and he, he wanted to say goodbye, and he said, Miss Patty, I just want to let you know that after you told Megan's story, he says, I don't, I don't text behind the, behind the wheel anymore. He said, I used to be a habitual texter. And I just don't do it anymore. And I just want to let you know that. Wow. In fact, I, I tell my family, my friends not to do it. Mm. And, you know, in this kind of advocacy, you get very, very frustrated. Am I making a difference? You know, am right. I really? Ma- and that day, God showed me, even though it's one person, that, yeah, maybe a, Megan's story is making a difference. And I went into the restroom and I just started crying. It was just, sure. you know, thank you, God. I mean, Sometimes you just need those little signs here and there that you yeah. are helping somebody, you know. But for people to verbally tell you this, it's very rare. 
you know, yeah. but that time he did, it did mean a lot to me. And I thought, well, you know, it's one person, but it's one, one life, you know, it, it does make a difference for someone yeah. to tell you that. Definitely. And something like getting a law passed, you don't get to see a definitive thing of how someone's life has been saved. But boy, in just him passing that message along, it's interesting to me sometimes, it seems like quite often we can hear something like that. But then when all of a sudden we meet someone who has been affected by that and a death has happened and you see how it affects their lives, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, (laughs) before it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden you meet someone whose lives have been changed forever because of something like that. Probably the most effective way to get the message out is to put a face to distracted driving. And I've been asked at least three times to tell Megan's story. I just attended um, AAA's uh, distracted driving walk back in uh, September. It was Houston's first distracted driving Mm. uh, awareness walk at the Minute Maid. And they gave me the opportunity to get up there and tell Megan's story. And I had many people come up to me and say, thank you, you Mm. know. And uh, I also spoke for the Department of Transportation. Uh, It's their text talk crash campaign. Mm -hmm. I was able to tell Megan's story back in 2014. And people are very, you know, they listen. They pay attention because then they can take that story and kind of, you know, it really resonates yeah. and they just put their their self into my shoes and, and mm-hmm. you know they pay attention because yeah. it could it could happen to anybody yes you know we don't and like to think that but seconds. the reality is it can yeah it's kind of like when our child dies it's like i i didn't know anyone who'd lost a child at least i i no one who had been vocal about it anyway i didn't know but it's it's like once you know someone it changes everything exactly because you get it you know mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, we really want our child's lives to have mattered, don't we? Absolutely. Yes. We love to hear their name. We love to talk about them. It's music to our ears, actually. Yes. People don't realize that. And I, I'm thinking specifically in your case, Patty, you wanted Megan's death to have mattered also. Absolutely. I didn't want her to die in vain. I wanted to take this pain and make something good come out of it or, you know, by saving lives. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a last question here. Patty, what would you tell a grieving parent who's looking for a way to help their child leave a legacy of some kind? Well, I know a lot of people that take my example of what I'm doing and whatever situation they have, whether their child was killed by a drunk driver or a particular disease, that they can make a difference in this world. You know, God wants us to tell our stories to help others. Yes. And even just your child dying, period, you can help other grieving parents to, to, to find hope and purpose in life. It doesn't have to be you know, changing a law or anything. It's just helping one person at a time. And helping others gives you a purpose. Yes. Gives you hope. And like you and I have talked about, we've all been in that deep, dark pit, Mm -hmm. as we call it. And we have to make a choice. Do we stay there or do we get out? 
Mm. And many times it takes so much energy to just get out of bed. But, you know, by helping others, it gives you a reason to get out of bed and give you some kind of hope. Right. I think that's, you know, when we're doing that specifically in honor of our child, and it's not in spite of their death, but it's because of his or her life. It's because they lived. And we want to make sure that that life mattered and it continues to matter. Exactly. So, Patty, thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing Megan with our listeners. I really enjoyed this time together. Yes. And, and uh, we need to get together soon. <laughs> Maybe I'm still in Texas right now, but we'll... <laughs> yeah, you're not that far, two hours no. away. <laughs> no, so... All right, well, I'm thankful for our friendship and that God allowed our paths to cross here in Texas. And I know you and I will be in touch. You know, Patty, I just happened to think, if there's something that someone heard with this and maybe they want to be working with the law or something, would they be able to email you or get a hold of you and just Absolutely. Kind of get some tips? and help from you? Sure. Why don't you share your email with, with us? Okay. My email is Trish, T-R-I-I-S-H, 2424 at AOL.com. And I would love to hear from you. Okay. Well, well I will also have, a, have that in the show notes in case people couldn't write it down. If you're driving, we don't want you to be... <laughs> No, don't be. Don't no, be <laughs> just go later to the show notes and find it. So pull it'll off, be there. Pull off to the side of the road. That's yeah, right. That's right. That phone call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patty. Well, I'll let you go. And thank you so much. I think you can tell that Patty is a very sweet person with lots of love for those around her and those she's never, ever met. I'm glad you got to meet her as well, and I hope that her 10-year fight to get a needed law on the books in Texas is an encouragement for you to either pick up your own gauntlet or to keep moving forward with what you are already doing to give your child a voice. Before I share today's birthdays, I just want to remind you that we are listener-supported, so a gift of any amount is always appreciated to keep this podcast going and to be able to continue providing resources for grieving parents through the ministry of GPS Hope. And one way to support this podcast and honor your child at the same time is to sponsor a podcast episode for only $200. You get to pick the episode based on a special date for you and your child and you get to write a tribute to your child that I will read to the listeners. Literally, hundreds of people will hear and know about your son or daughter for years to come. So if that's something that you're interested in, just go to gpshope.org and go to the donate button and click on sponsor a podcast episode. So let's go ahead with our birthday segment. This week for a birthday, we have Richie Rudkin, who has a birthday on January 27th, and Richie is forever 27. We celebrate the day that Richie came into this world and into the life of his family. Looking ahead, I only have three birthdays to announce in February, and I'm thinking our kids are out there who have birthdays in February. So if your child has a birthday next month, or maybe you know a bereaved parent who has a child with a birthday in February, be sure to let them know that I will share him or her with our listeners and get that information to me soon so I can get it on the list for the February birthdays. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. 
Of course, you can find any of the links mentioned in this podcast in our show notes, including how to contact Patty. Just go to gpshope.org and look for podcast episode 40, or you can look for texting and driving with the podcast. And as always, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.